Welcome to JV Reads the T. The T stands for tarot, honey. I'm JV Hampton Van Sant. Each week, I am joined by a guest and I read their tarot cards. I use the Wild Unknown deck and the Wild Unknown Animal Spirit decks by Kim Kranz to dive deep with a special six-card reading. And, of course, we go on usually pretty related tangents. So grab your wand, light a candle, and let's spill that tea, honey. What's up, witches and bitches? Hello. Uh, Welcome back to the show. Welcome back to JV Reads the Tea. Today, we have a guest from across the pond. Um... This particular guest, uh, I I have been following you on Twitter for a while. Um, I don't really remember exactly how long, but I am completely delighted by your Twitter presence and just all of the things that all the things I see on there, and also the lovely bits of history that you sort of drop throughout the throughout the Twitter sphere all the time. Uh, but more uh, i should probably you know say who you are that makes the most sense um everybody welcome sasha coward hello thank you jv that was a lovely introduction and in all honesty um there's a weird mix of like flattery and shame that goes through when someone tells me that they follow me on twitter like yay but also oh god um (laughs) so thank you that's that's really sweet and um and the term following is weird isn't it I follow you. You follow me. <laughs> it is. It's a. It's a. It's a bit odd. Um, it, it makes me think that. Um, well, it always actually does make me feel like someone is like standing outside my window, just sort of staring up at me, just waiting for me to do something, <laughs> which is weird, and I don't like that. But also, if I mean, if I really didn't like that, I would probably have different curtains. Um. Anyway, uh, but yeah, so, um, so I guess for the listener's benefit, um, how would you describe what you do? So the boring title is I am a museum freelancer, um, as in I, I work in museums and I work in a lot of different museums all over the world, largely in the UK, but I have done some work in American museums too. Um, I also use the term, which is a bit more sexy and fun, uh, is muse- um, a mermaid hunter. Um, yes. What that basically means is I have a real interest in folklore and mythology. Those are some areas I'm really interested in, and particularly queer LGBTQ plus perspectives on that. So I'm always looking for the mermaid, uh, literal and figurative, in any situation. Um, so... A mermaid can be, for me, just that interesting story that jumps out of a collection or a museum. The like hidden narrative that is often suppressed because queer stories, you know, you have to follow a really difficult to find breadcrumb trail to actually get to, to them. Um, but also actual mermaids, because I'm really into the storytelling around half fish, half human. Where does that come from? What does that tell you about humans? Why does every single culture that we know of create something which is mermaid-like in some way? Um, so yeah, I, I, I do queer folklore. I do museum work. I work on galleries and exhibitions and just 
to be even more hipster. Um, I also design escape rooms because, Ooh. yeah, I know. I just want to be even more avocado on toast. Um, <laughs> so that's me, escape room designer, mermaid fanatic, and queer historian. Very, very nice. Very nice indeed. I um, I know I've mentioned this before because I've probably... I think I posted a photo at one point. Um, I uh, was a professional. I was a professional merman for about ten years. <laughs> um, it was as odd as it sounds, uh, but it was a fun time. Um, but I totally, I I recognize and also love the folklore. Um, I'm always excited when it when it pops up, and I um I spend a lot of time thinking about it. Uh, just generally um but also how a lot of the <laughs> it depends on where the mythology itself is coming from but that um a lot of uh, mermaids in western mythology just sort of seem to be generally about um about temptation and dude's horniness um Mm. So it's More often than not. in some ways, you know, the, the the one side of mermaids is they were like the original pinup before you could like buy a copy of Playboy magazine, and when it was uh, looked down upon to have you know dirty, saucy images. If you were traveling at sea, well, an image of a mermaid, uh, you know, she's still um, she's not got any clothes on. She's still sexy and seductive, but she's classical art, so it's acceptable. It's completely acceptable to have that painting um, and and to lust over it. But it's it's not seen as being lowbrow. Um, and definitely, there's a lot of stuff around mermaids being the the dangerous feminine, the the kind of the, the sexy siren that seduces men that destroys them through temptation and the fact that women will destroy you and femininity ultimately is there to destroy and castrate men. So there is there is a very, yeah, there's a real problematic <laughs> side to most mermaids. For sure. I, I think it, one of the funny things, um, literally as you said, that a bunch of boxes for me just sort of all connected um, in a way that I was actually not anticipating today. Uh, I, I've been on a few other podcasts kind of recently, um, a lot of them talking about uh, Birds of Prey, um, the movie, uh, because it is, as a surprise to nobody, my favorite movie of this year, <laughs> but possibly of all time. I don't know. Okay. Um yeah. Um, and one of the reasons that I think this all sort of translates is I, I've loved mermaids since I was a tiny child. I was, I believe, born the year after The Little Mermaid came out. Uh, believe. I know I was born the year after The Little Mermaid came out. I recall this as a just fact. I, I can't pretend that I don't know what the release date of The Little <laughs> Mermaid was. Um, it's fine. Uh, but I've loved mermaids since I was a tiny child and it might have something to do with that dangerous feminine because that wound up just sort of tracking throughout most of um most of the things that i was fascinated with over 
the course of my life, which sort of, generally speaking, informed what my gender identity is, which, woo, that's a fun series of connections to make. I should have known all of this from the beginning is sort of what it says to me. Um. <laughs> I, I think you're not alone in being a queer person that feels an affinity or a connection with mermaids. I think it's it's really it's really common, and that's one of the things I find fascinating about it. Um, so yeah, the, the Little Mermaid came out in 1989. I also know the year it came out um, because it was two years after I was born. So I was two. And I think it was one of the first films I was ever taken to see in the cinema. Um, so I would have just been two, just going on three. Um, so I was tiny. And I, I don't really remember the film. I do remember the trip to the cinema, weirdly, to go and see it. It's one of my earliest memories. Um, but I had the VHS and I watched it till the scene with Ursula um, basically ran out so that the tape got so thin that that bit got warped when she's singing poor unfortunate souls i was obsessed mm. with that 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 bit the baddie um and so for me like i i don't know that you know i i'm i'm a cisgender gay man so my my construct of gender is is probably every bit as complex as anyone else but it's it's slightly different um i wouldn't say that the mermaids were there that to form my my sense of, of, of gender identity. But there was always something very compelling um, about a creature that could transform. And um, there was always something, yeah, there's something slightly sexy about mermaids and I couldn't quite put my finger on it. And I, I think that's an interesting thing to explore. Why do we find mythical half human, half something else creatures slightly erotic? And why are they so queer? Why are they so powerful for the queer community? Mm-hmm. Yeah, fabulous questions. All fabulous questions and fabulous like things to explore just generally. I, uh, uh, the amount of hours that I've spent just sort of sitting there casually just thinking about it, despite the fact that no one brought it up. Nobody was talking to me about it. I just sort of sat there and thought about it for hours on end. Um... I don't know. It's just one of those, uh, one of those fascinating things. Um, but yeah, I think, um, I do have a, I do also have a general question about escape rooms. And the, the question, the the question is what exactly are they? I've haven't been to one, um, yet, uh, I, yet being the operative word there, um, if you had to define the ones that you um that you design what's like a core element of yours that of the ones that you design that sort of separate them from um other ones so i mean an escape room um it's almost got the worst name because because the name doesn't exactly describe what it is it is not always a room and often you don't need to escape um i think it's it's what it started out as which was very much a room with a set of keys and puzzles and you have an hour to solve those puzzles put them together so that you can get out in that time and the the escaping element of it was the kind of the thing that made it cool and fun and it's why it kicked off in japan and chicago pretty much around the same time uh, about 15 years ago um but since then it's basically for me it's it's a video game in real life so it is an hour where you are put into a storyline, um, some kind of scenario 
where you need to work together with other people to solve puzzles, to come to a conclusion, to finish the game. So yeah, you could be trying to escape before the bomb goes off, but you might be trying to stop an evil alien entity, or you might be trying to rescue, um, you know, a damsel in distress, just to use a wonderful stereotypically gender binary scenario. But anything that, that you could imagine, there has to be some sense of peril, like in one hour, if you don't do this, this bad thing is going to happen. But that doesn't have to be escaping from a room and it doesn't have to be in a room. I've designed escape rooms in parks and cemeteries and museums and pop-up escape rooms in conferences, in sheds. It, you know, Give me a space, give me a story and I can build it. Now, what makes mine different is that I come from this history background, this this museum background. So a lot of my escape rooms are in you know historic buildings and museums, castles, ruins, those kinds of things. And um, for me, my escape rooms need to tell a story, and that story needs to connect with the site, with the place. So. I don't want to do like some generic bank heist escape room in a castle. If I'm in the castle, I'm going to research the story behind that. And we're going to do the story of, you know, the witches that were persecuted and locked in Colchester Castle. Let's turn that into an escape room. If I'm doing the Queen's House in Greenwich, well, I'm going to do an escape room themed around the story of Queen Elizabeth I. Um, and like, it's, it's got a link. There's got to be some historical meat to it. That's, that's what a Sasha Coward escape room is. Very, very nice. I have no idea if I have any listeners in the UK at all, but when it becomes safe to go outside again, find one of those, uh, (laughs) because that sounds delightful. Sounds like, that sounds like a lot of fun. Ooh, yeah. yeah, I mean, if um, there is one in Colchester um, that was running just until the second lockdown, um, which is in Colchester Castle. So you can definitely do that one. That one's still live. Most of my projects have been put on hold because, you know, Miss Rona, she she doth yeah. mess everything up. But there you go. For sure. Uh, yeah, I. Mm. Yeah. How. um how generally has lockdown been for you, especially the second one? Um, how's that sort of, how's that been going for you? <laughs> I feel like that's just good to generally check in on that. Yeah, um, um, thank you. And I think, you know, the tone of your voice, you know, it's it's never going to be like, yeah, it's just been a breeze. It's been great. I love it. Let's do, let's do as many lockdowns as we can. No, it's, it's been a funny old year. Um, I had a very difficult start to the year with um, my mother was incredibly ill. Um, and mm. this led straight into lockdown. Um, and so she was incredibly immunocompromised. And then this was like, I lost every single piece of work I was working. This isn't just a big sob story, by the way. It just starts off a bit negative. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm also incredibly lucky. I, I have a husband. Um, I was living in Stroud, which is... Um, a, city in Gloucestershire, uh, which I wouldn't expect any of your American listeners to know about. (laughs) But it's like, it's Hobbiton, all right? So it's green and it's nice and it's woods and forests and lovely little buildings, very Tolkien. Um, And so when we went through that first lockdown, whilst I was really anxious about my mother, about the world, all of the stuff we were all worrying about, 
I also had like I could go out and walk in a forest and see deer and it was summer and it was beautiful and I was spending time with my husband and we he's really inventive so he came up with projects and we played board games and we had like themed dinner nights um based on a different Netflix film each night so we were very cute like we were very fucking cute and um I know um and and that that got us through so yeah it wasn't awful there were some really wonderful bits but there was this backdrop which i think we've all felt of just like wow the world is on fire <laughs> yeah i during the first um the first few episodes of this show as listeners will remember um there were just these series of cards that kept popping up and i just had to sit there and be like oh I realize what this card is. This card just references everything that's happening right now. This card is just, we are having a time. We mm. are having a wildly bad time. Um, and that's just just where we are. Um, it was definitely coloring some, uh, some of the readings that were going on um, earlier on. And I, I think that, uh, hmm. I don't know. In a lot of ways, for me, I'm, I, I'm not happy that everything has been locked down because this. I, I mentioned off, um, off mic, but this was, uh, the year that I was planning on like finally traveling and like going to different places and enjoying, seeing different sites, and those have all been now pushed back to whenever the hell all of this, um, is under control and managed. Uh, but, um. Like that was, yeah. So obviously with that plan being pushed out of the way, um, I'm not like pleased that we are, in, um, that we are in a pandemic, but it's been very, like, I've learned a lot mm -hmm. about myself. I've, I've gained skills that I didn't have before. I was bad at bread making before this. <laughs> I'm probably still kind of bad at it, but the things that I've made have been tasty. So I've been quite thankful. Um, I've been making like sewing a lot, making dresses. My voice acting career low key took off and that was kind of nice. Um, but like, <laughs> I don't know, just all, there are all of these like small victories throughout, um, throughout all of like all of this whole time period i think i i think the ultimate highlight like just be and i i will probably never shut up about this i'm probably going to be really annoying about this particular thing but like on on sunday um revolutionary living legend angela davis called my cell phone um wow <laughs> because she needed help getting onto a zoom call that my mom <laughs> put together and like that was that was insane like that that's still i'm who i i cannot begin to express what it is like to look down at your phone realize that like a, literally a living legend is calling you and you have to answer and you have to help them like it, there's just like it's a wild feeling and it was lovely but like that I, that absolutely would never have happened even though that conference was set to happen um already like that was that was already a planned thing that was going to happen we planned it last year pre-covid um 
that phone call wouldn't have happened were it not for um were it not for all of this uh so i feel a, a little bit grateful um <laughs> a little bit grateful also i don't know about you but i don't like really leaving my house all that much um just generally like i i made my home comfortable so i wouldn't have to leave it um i don't know uh so being able to spend time in a nice comfortable location has been nice um i don't know i hope that most people out there can like find something that has been joyful for them in some way i think you know i i can't speak for everyone but most people um they found a, a inner resilience that they probably didn't know that they had before and they've probably been challenged in ways that they haven't before i don't know a single person whose mental health hasn't been adversely affected at some point uh, by lockdown um now at the same time you know it's it's this kind of thing from studying history that even in the darkest times people still laughed and told jokes and fell in love and you know had joy there's been no period in human history where people have not been able to find joy in something and so even in this period that has been this very strange difficult year I've still had great moments. I've been very, very lucky in that sense. And, and yeah, my, my career has suddenly gone virtual. I'm doing digital stuff. I got to do something for the BBC twice. I hosted a live BBC broadcast. Like, that's really cool. Um, I've been sh- awesome. Thank you. Um, I've been sharing my museum from home videos online since the start of lockdown and generally getting a really positive reception and that's been that that's made me feel awesome and really good about myself um i was really concerned about not going to the gym i know judge away i'm one of those oh, no, it's um, fine. It was, that's okay it was my happy space like you know for whatever reason i managed to make it a happy space and i didn't have it anymore and so discovering like hey i can still do stuff from home and i can still feel like, you know, I can still do home workouts. I can still go for a jog and a run and it still feels okay. Um, has actually been really validating. Like, oh, I I can exist in an apocalypse. That's nice. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I Also, just to be clear, I would never judge somebody for enjoying going to the gym. I just personally can't go to a gym. Um, <laughs> I'm like hilariously bad at being physically active. Um, I don't know. It's gotten to the point where I'm like asking my doctor why I'm bad at this. Like it's it's um, it's a wild time. But um, I, there's also a lot of really there's a lot of positive benefits to in fact working out like for example simply um the uh the the endorphins that happen that you get from that those are very real and have a very real impact on our lives and then there's also the um natural physical side effects to uh working out that are not unpleasant <laughs> I, I mean like you are talking to someone who is dyspraxic and loathed any kind of physical activity up until the age of 23 24 um if you had told me that i would even set foot in the gym i would have laughed you out of any room so yeah i when you said i don't judge you like i judge me <laughs> i mean like but but anyway it's 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 something that became a routine. I think one of the things that we've all struggled with is having our routine 
thrown out the window. Yeah. And, and everything that I normally did and my job and everything else sort of just went, whoop, pop, just disappeared overnight. Um, so rebuilding that has been terrifying and upsetting and sometimes really depressing, um, but also incredible because, you know, here's the thing. I, I, I moved to America. I lived there for three years in Colorado. And one of the amazing and terrifying experiences was starting completely anew in a new city I had never been to before. I knew nobody there and going, wow, I can make a friendship group from nothing. Wow, I can, I can like create a life from nothing. And so there is something beautiful in being able to go, wow, everything got deleted and I'm still here and I've rebuilt something and it's nice to know I can do that. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Oh, that's, that is, that is a definitely nice thing. I have also completely rebuilt my friend group over this whole time period. Um, like I still have the in-person friends that I still love very, very dearly, um, who are, I don't think going to listen to this because I don't know that they listen to any of my podcasts, but it's fine. Except for the ones that they are on, which is totally chill. Uh, but like, I don't know, whatever. That's not really, that's not all that important. I just love them and want to shout out my lovely friends. And then my um, internet friends at this current moment, shout outs to them for being amazing, lovely people. And I love getting to know them. Um, but yeah, though, um, I <laughs> that's actually a very good segue to the reading. Um, now, I flipped these cards over a little while ago. And I also have the like the pages for these cards like pulled up um, mainly because I like having them for reference because I can't memorize things like at all. Like I'm I'm kind of bad at that. Uh, but two of these cards, I absolutely knew the meanings to before seeing them like before, like before looking um for looking up the meanings of them. One of them because it literally happened in the last reading that I did. Um, but the other one because it's sort of a, a famous one. A little bit of a famous card there. But yeah, so um, the first card... Um, oh, I should probably also explain the order in which I do these. So um, it's a, f a five card reading plus one bonus card. And the five cards go um, past, present, problem solution and future cool yeah and then that extra bonus card is uh just fun energy to bring into whatever happens next <laughs> um which i uh yeah that is uh that is what that is the order in which those go um but the first card that appears here i am sending it to you now cool. is the moon um <laughs> Sorry, that was just an odd way to say the moon. Um, anyway, but yeah, I've never said the moon in a way that wasn't weird. Um, I don't know, it's fine. Um, but the moon uh, represents, um, hmm, for lack of a better way to put it, it's um, it contains uh, both dreams and nightmares. It is the space from which both dreams and nightmares are born. It is that creative part of us, that sort of inner massive creativity inside of us. 
um, that is the moon. Uh, that is the 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 moon energy. Um, this is where a lot of artists sort of operate from. Um, from well, from personal experience, it's where for me a lot of art comes from. But also, um, it's just that it's also where like some of my greatest fears come from simultaneously. So it's a uh, that's that's what this card generally represents. And this being in the past position to me would indicate that um, that there just generally speaking was a lot of creativity at some point in time. Um, typically in these readings, it tends to be the most uh, not the most recent future or what words, not the most recent past, um, but sort of close to that. Um, like I would say between one to two years cool. ago. That, yeah, that yeah. works. That definitely works. Yeah, I'd sort of figured so, especially given the, uh, given the, <laughs> given the nature of the projects that you have previously described, this seems to fit. Um, this seems to make a lot of sense. Um, but yeah. I don't know. I I like the moon card a lot. It's a it's a very pretty one, and it also um, it it's a nice thing to examine our inner landscape. If I can respond to that, so when I'm Absolutely. thinking everything that you said, so let me think about what this makes me think of. Is that over the past uh, couple of years is when I went freelance, so I stopped working full time at a single museum, and I had to completely create my career from scratch i had to start my escape room business from scratch i had to get people to pay me to do stuff which was terrifying i you know that mm -hmm. that like you know i'm i'm creative but now i have to get individuals to actually pay me by the day and um the imposter complex there is big and so the that's been an adventure that's been about two years and has encompassed the beginning of COVID as well. And I would also say within that, if you're talking about sort of the, the, the good side, the bad side, the dreams and the nightmares is I love existing in this creative flux, this who knows what's gonna happen next and every day is different, but also, um, okay, let's share. I am looking for an adult diagnosis of attention deficit disorder hyperactivity disorder adhd uh, yes mm. and <laughs> welcome to the family oh, um <laughs> thank you <laughs> <laughs> so which i kind of think of as being this like um it is my creative dynamo i'm always all my friends will say sasha's always creating he's always coming up with ideas he's always doing something but he also can't stop he can't focus he can't always finish things you know, the classic ADHD stuff. So in a sense, the past two years has been incredible, but I've also had, I've had some of my highest highs and I've had some of my lowest lows where I've just been not able to motivate myself or, or keep on top of things. And I've spiraled and, um, and that, so yeah, there's this kind of sense of, of lunacy, you know, see what I did there? Lunar. <laughs> ah, uh, I see. <laughs> so yeah, so the past two years has been this creative storm um, but there has definitely been a dark side to that as well. Mm, for sure. There usually is. I, um, there's, oof, 
Oh God, there there was a time period wherein um wherein I um I have depression and I take medication for it, but there was a very very long chunk of time like, um, I think my first like major depressive episode was when I was thirteen, um. But I didn't start taking medication until I was 24. Uh, so <laughs> there's like a good long chunk of time in there where I was like, yeah, I'm not going to take this medication because I want to I want to feel all of these things, because if I feel all of these things, I can also create more things. I can also make things um, I can I can create things that have meaning and feeling to them. And then ultimately, <laughs> 20 years later, go back and look at them and be like, these are very dramatic and weird um, that, and in a way that they don't need to be. Uh, but yeah, that was, um, yeah. that's a, that was a, a sort of thought that I had um, when I was a kid, but there is when I'm making something and I am like, well, in the act, in the act of creating whatever that, whatever the medium in which that is, there is, there is something that's happening emotionally for me where I am, where I'm dealing with whatever those sort of dark things are um, and sort of examining those while I'm also making something. Yeah. And so if I'm sitting there at a sewing machine, um, I'm usually thinking about um, like I well, I think part of that is because of the specific projects that I've been working on. Um, which are more gender affirming clothing for myself, but like thinking of um, of every with every stitch that I make, thinking, ah, yes. Now, how fun would this have been to have had this back when I was first realizing um, what my gender identity might be, like, and just reflecting on all of those moments and all of the trauma that came from that. Um, so it was just sort of going through and examining all of those things and um, just taking that view of it. Yeah. So I guess in theory, this card can also just encompass for any creative person, like 90% of their life, um, just at any point. Uh, yeah. That's, I that's, don't know. that's beautiful, JV. Thank you for, for sharing that with me. I think it's, sure. that, it's that sense of creativity is a bit like putting lightning in a bottle. Um, in that it is this very powerful thing, but it, it can burn you and it can hurt. The process mm -hmm. can bring up a lot of stuff. Yeah, totally. I, I can empathize with that. Yeah, for sure. I do want to ask um want to ask a question though that's a bit on the on the more joyful side of that, which is um particularly because you brought up um one of the <laughs> one of the joys of having <laughs> One of the joys of having ADHD and the the not being able to finish things. Um, what what was the first project that you were able to finish? To be to be fair, I I actually do finish nearly everything that um, that I start. Mm -hmm. Let me, but that, what I need to add to this is it is painful to finish. It is like mm -hmm. you know drawing blood from a stone. Because for me, as with most people like us, the joy is in the creation. And then when you have to go through the details and, the, uh, you know, and you've been doing it for ages, that's really difficult. So I'm lucky. I'm, I'm normally able to finish a project. I can't think of many big projects that I haven't finished. 
Um, I'm trying to think of a good example of something. Okay, so here's an example of something that I didn't expect to finish, and then I, I have. I've started a, a Dungeons and Dragons campaign with a whole group of friends during lockdown. And I remember as I was drawing all the ideas and getting so excited and I was thinking the voice in my head, which is that kind of negative knowing voice is like, Sasha, you get so excited. This isn't going to happen. You know, like you'll do one campaign and then you won't be able to get everyone to organize another one. And then it will fall apart and you have all these notebooks full of pictures that you have a million notebooks full of pictures and ideas that you can't even remember for that novel you never wrote and the, the blah, blah, blah you never did. Um, but it's now been 23 weeks and we have run it every single week. In fact, we ran it today. And so, and it's been amazing and it's been so much fun and my first time being a dungeon master and it's yeah, yeah it survives it's still here <laughs> oh that is so that is so exciting i haven't got the courage to like got the courage to dm a game um at all but like oh role-playing games are so much fun I, I've also gotten to participate more in more of those during the time, like during this COVID time, um, like with different people, like from literally across the world, which has been the most delightful and amazing and beautiful experience that again, probably wouldn't have happened if, um, if COVID hadn't happened, which I don't know, again, those, those blessings and things, but yeah, that's, that's awesome to awesome to hear of a of a success of a of a success in being able to complete something and also being able to being able to to enter a creative space and also in this case maintain that creative space too mm. it's always yeah. very exciting um so moving into the present card um this is one that i think is familiar to a lot of people um, because it comes up in media a lot. It's, uh, it's the tower, um, <laughs> the tower, okay. uh, which, well, famously means some shit's about to go down. Um, that's, <laughs> like, things are, uh, potentially crumbling and falling apart, or, um, like this card specifically visually um, has on it, there is a very tall tree in this card and it is being struck by lightning and parts of it are falling, um, which is a natural occurrence. It is just a natural thing that winds up happening. It, there's, no, there's no shave in that happening. It is just a thing that is likely to eventually occur. Um, but from that, usually there's a chance for... Um, there's an opportunity for other things to grow in the ashes of what was previously there, or it's a chance to um, it's a chance to walk away from something um, in a way that like one of the ways that um, someone described it to me was it's the sudden ending of something that allows you to um, leave something that you actually didn't want to continue to be in. Um, I just find that to be a very poignant meaning, so I figured I would bring it up. But um, what what is this? Uh, what's this card bringing up for you in the present position specifically? Which could also easily just mean this is the um, this is the uh, this is the second lockdown card. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> it could easily be that too. But you know. So a few things. I'm trying to think. A few things are, are coming to mind. So I'm in general. I'm in a good space. Like I feel feel good. I feel better than I did. Say a month ago or two months ago, I was struggling a bit. Um, but right now, the things I can think of, um, without getting like too personal, because it's not entirely about me, that there is a friendship, which mm. is, um, if I'm fully honest, is kind of withering on the vine. Yeah. Um, mm. And it is one of those relationships where I think for a long time, I've known this wasn't good for either of us. And I am going through the process now, as you may know, trying to break up with a friend is, is actually harder than breaking Oof, up with, yeah. yeah, it's really hard. Um, and it's, it's, you know, I'm sharing this because it's not this awful, horrendous, traumatic thing, um, because I'm just kind of like, for this person, I think it's better. And for me, I think it's better. And it's not about us like hating each other or, or destroying each other or being vindictive or toxic. It's just like, this is not a good space. And I, I maybe this friendship probably shouldn't have come about in the first place. So I, I can see myself like actively trying to dismantle this, but it is very difficult for me to dismantle something like that. Oh, for, <clears throat> excuse me. Oh, for sure. That, whew. Um, so I need to tell you, I just looked ahead at the next, um, at the next two cards, um, being the problem and solution ones. Um, they are exactly about what you just described. Um, like quite literally exactly about what you just described. Um, like this, the next card is the eight of cups and the eight of cups represents, um, stagnation. Um, well, stagnation and ill health, which could, in theory, be several different things that have been brought up so far, but um, the stagnation element of what you just mentioned um, is oof, quite poignant um, yeah. when it comes to this. So it's I don't know. That was just a just an interesting little connection that that uh, popped up right there uh, in that exact way um, in that exact moment with that exact card. This is very interesting to me. And the one immediately after that is the um, solution card, which is the 10 of wands, which um, represents a, a, a blockage or a difficulty. Um, but the cool thing about this particular deck is that the description that comes with each card also has a, um, a piece of recommended advice. And that recommended advice in this case is it may be best to simply walk away mm. from specifically a person, um, mm. <laughs> which is just the funny thing about it's just a it's it's just funny sometimes when those connections are easy to make because the because just the, the actual circumstance itself is um, is, well, as you just described it. But yeah. 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 So Oh, yeah, it, it, oh god, friend breakups are the literal worst. Yeah. I, oh, yeah. I've had to do, well, I had to do that, like, about a year ago, um, but I haven't done that, like, since then, but hopefully I don't have to for a good long while, because it is awful, um, but 
I'm I'm sad to hear that that this is a that this is a thing that you're going through at the moment. Well, thank you. I mean, in in all honesty, it's um, you know, it's not fun. It it is does occupy some space in my mind, but it's it's not the big like the big thing. You know, it's not like it's something that I'm like, oh, I've got to do this thing, and I I don't want to, and I don't like it. Um, I think. I don't know, just to reflect on that kind of that all of those cards you've spoken about so the process of there being something that is destroyed or something that is broken and the process of having to walk away the other things that jump to mind are uh my relationship to social media Ooh. yeah so yeah. <laughs> the toxic stuff therein and um mm-hmm. there's stuff that is that I sort of been getting engaging with online. There have been, you know, things that I don't feel good about. And I've, I've been doing a lot of, a lot of self-analysis about social media, um, which sounds so stupid, but over lockdown, it has taken up so much of my life because I spend most of my life online now. Mm-hmm. So it's, so it's a kind of, um, Every time I have a conversation with a friend, we always end up talking about we always end up talking about Twitter and psychoanalyzing ourselves. Like, how do we come across? Da, 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 is you know what is integrity? All of this kind of stuff. Um, so I have been doing a lot of thinking about who and what and how I portray myself online. Um, mm. And and there have been moments I've been like, should I just leave Twitter? Or should I just, you know, and I, part of me is like, I don't want to nuke it because there's a lot of good there too. Right. Yeah. But there is a kind of, do I want to prune some stuff that I'm not, I'm not enjoying? <laughs> I've, I've thought about that a lot recently too. Um, whew, it's a, a particularly, particularly Twitter and the mm-hmm. way that Twitter works specifically is just constantly like the only well not the only like place on social media that like actively doesn't bring me joy because i will also say that i still have a facebook account and i don't know why it's just (laughs) it's just there i don't like it i don't want it but it is there um but like there's like honestly going on both of those apps like tends to negatively impact how i feel like by the end of the day um unless it is people directly praising me which seems to happen rather a lot which is occasionally um which occasionally also does make me feel bad which yeah is weird. yeah i totally agree it's it's funny you say that because that's what i was i was gonna that people are often so, um, God, this is going to become like a social media chat. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> I, I am no influencer. I am no, like, mega Twitter person. But, like, I've gained a few followers. And people are very, generally, people online are delightful. Like, they heap praise on me. And a lot of the time, it makes me feel anxious, Um One of the things is that, you know, obviously we are all curating the image we put online. Uh, Very few of us like give a hundred percent of ourselves. I try to be real. I am trying to be close to who I actually am, but there's definitely a bit of, you know, putting the best bits up. 
And I've had people contact me and say like, oh, I wish you were my therapist. You're always happy. This is what someone once said. And like, I mean, that's very sweet, but it's also terrifying. Um, I've had people like turn to me and ask me about like serious mental health issues that they're going through. And I'm like, wow, dude or dudette, I, I feel for you. I don't know you and you don't know me and you're on the other side of the world and I don't think I can help you. And that feels bad. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. That is a difficult spot to be in. I would imagine considerably more difficult um, for you with uh, 19,000 followers. Um, It's so dumb. It's so dumb, JV. It's so dumb. That is a wild... I like... I don't know how I like didn't look at that number before and realize it was that high. Uh, but that's a that's a lot of people. Um, so I would imagine that that um, just because of law of averages, yeah, that's going to happen more often than not. But like it, yeah. I mean, we do the best we can overall. Um, I think at a certain point, hopefully, what other people are realizing when we are um, when um, when they're like reaching out like that is that certainly they might hear something um they might they they might hear back they might hear exactly the words that they need to hear in that moment but i also do know that sometimes it is simply um seeing somebody post something on social media that says hey not sure you need to hear this you're doing great keep on going which i um i've seen people do a lot more, especially recently, given just over yeah. here, all of the wild shit that's been happening um, politically. Um, and I suppose over there, too. Um, oof. Mm. I, <laughs> I, um, <laughs> I listened to um, to uh, the Friday Night Comedy podcast from uh, BBC Radio 4. Um every single week and uh i do that for the specific reason of most of them center around the news so it's a great way for me to catch up on literally whatever the hell is happening over there um and then also more broadly in the rest of the world um in a humorous way which is always more pleasant than um hearing about the collapse of democracy via um a serious news source where they can't make a joke um Mm. anyway but that uh <laughs> um but yeah so it's been a weird rocky space but because of that i've found people have been being generally nicer um yeah. and generally there's that spirit of we can all we can get through all of this together we can do this um which is nice um but it's also it is so stressful to um it's just so oh god it's so stressful i I said this to my friends the other day, which is um, because a bunch of my friends uh, attended the conference that um, Angela Davis was at, um, which I was able to, um, after the event, um, stop and let them meet my mom. Um, I did this for several reasons. Um, One of the reasons I did that was because I wanted these friends of mine who are some of the sweetest people ever i want my mom to just know who the hell i'm talking to online sometimes uh but also i just i wanted them to see like okay so this is one of the this is the person who um who 
is responsible for me existing as a human being in this world. Um, and we see that, like, I it also it shows people like, eh, I'm a regular human being. Um, I'm not consistently always insanely fabulous. I am usually quite boring. Um, but also, like, if it seems very fabulous to people, you can also take a look at my mom and see that, like, no, I'm just a regular person, but the context um, for regular um, <clears throat> with regards to my life might be extremely different for a lot of people. Because um, I would sort of point, just generally say that my mom is an incredible person um, and I am less incredible than she is, but I, but that's still like a very high bar to reach, if that makes sense. So like showing them like, this is where I came from. So if it seems like I am... Um, excessively awesome, which I, I promise them I'm, I'm not, um, it is, uh, it's because of this human being. Um, I don't know. That was just a thing that I did kind of recently and reminded me of that, but, um, that's, uh, yeah, what a, what a, what an interesting spot to be in, uh, to have people who are, who are looking to you and, and, um, having that, uh, having the experience of seeing like look at this person being being amazing being awesome and uh doing these cool things and um and all of that which is which is good but also i can see the level of stress that comes from that my oh oof, oof. it's you know i don't want to be like poor, poor little boy with all these people telling him how lovely he is like of course it feels great everyone wants to be told they're great of course it's nice being validated is nice but there is the kind of sense that i am always nervous about meeting people in real life um mm. because they were like oh god like what are they going to expect from me i've had people come up to me because of my um like photo my avatar and be like what why haven't you got blue hair like they've been annoyed and it's like i don't always have blue hair i just did for like a bit and you can almost see that people are you know disappointed that you don't just perform that identity so yeah i i guess there is this relationship with social media that maybe i'm not like breaking up with but i'm definitely like i'm definitely assessing that like for sure thinking about it mm, for sure <laughs> Also, I, I will say the blue hair absolutely was fabulous, but um, I almost one one of the things I was doing right before we uh, well right before we press uh, press play to be honest was I was looking at um, at your uh, Twitter bio and I saw I did see the hair and thought about mentioning um, and saying specifically one of the most um, one of the most attractive people with blue hair on the app notice <laughs> Twitter. Um, I did contemplate saying that, but then. Instead of doing that, what I did was clicked on the little media tab there and uh, saw this uh, presumably most recent photo of you with uh, where you're standing next to a, a fountain. Oh, my God. And I'm squinting into the sun. I look like the um, the creature from the Goonies. Uh, yeah. You look adorable. I'm just going to say you look absolutely adorable. That Before was you continue. That was it's taken. a great photo. Thank you, sweetheart. That, that was taken today. I went for a walk in Regent's Park with with a dear friend, Sheldon, um, and that was really nice. Um, yeah, and the, the thing is, like, blue hair is, like, great fun, but, like, not all the time. Um, mm -hmm. and, and also, like, mermaids, 
totally into mermaids, but like in real life, I don't just talk about mermaids. Um, and I've had, it's been very sweet people sending me mermaids and just drawing me as mermaids. And it's like, this is really cute. But also there is this kind of, this sense of like, oh my God, if you meet me in real life, you're going to realize that I'm not just this blue haired mermaid guy. Like I'm, I'm, I'm also irritating and, uh, and dull <laughs> and all these other things. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a very strange thing. Um, you know, we, we've been doing all this analysis on like how social media is this thing we don't quite understand yet. And we're all suddenly becoming like mini celebrities and we're all sort of like almost selling ourselves online. And, and there, is, there is a positive side to that, but there is also a deeply problematic side to it too. So I'm, I'm definitely having a deep think about that. But thank you. I liked my blue hair too. And I like your, your blue hair whilst we're at it. Yeah, well, I mean, my blue hair is also gone at this point, but thank you. <laughs> yeah. I, I literally cut my hair like three days ago and was like, oh, yeah, nope, there there goes all the blue. Um, specifically because I have to, um, I have to let it like grow out again so I can, so I can re-dye it. Um, but what was on top there was very much dead. So it yeah. had to go. Uh, just how that is. Can't wait because I'm going to do purple next. <laughs> um, but yeah, like that constant need to like have a brand um, that has been very present in like the last few years specifically. I definitely don't remember this being a thing in like the, I don't know why very specifically the year 2008 is popping up in my brain, but like in 2008, I don't think people needed to have a brand this strong. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think that was needed. Um, but lately that's been a thing especially with um with the rise of social media and the portrayal of um of oneself as a particular kind of individual yeah um, and, and yeah it, it yeah it happens by accident as well you don't necessarily mean to become like the mermaid guy and i don't know if you necessarily meant to become like the non-binary person with swords or like you know there's like <laughs> These maybe you do the thing and you're like, this is a cool thing, and then you're like, oh, and now I am that thing, <laughs> and and that is a strange experience. It, the the funny thing about that is I have found very frequently that a lot of non-binary people that I know also happen to have a large just sort of cache of weapons just readily <laughs> available um, of, of varying varieties. Um, almost to the point where you can start to like <laughs> define the type of non-binary person that you are interacting with by the type of weaponry that they have. Like, yes, there are certainly the archery non-binary people. Um, that is a specific <laughs> subclass of non-binary. Um, <laughs> the archery non-binary. There is the knife non-binary, which I I count myself in between those two. Uh, somewhere in between there. Um, literally I, I have like four swords and they're just there because they're pretty and they happen to be in that one photo that I posted, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So it is a, it is interesting. It's more the, uh, for me, it's always the, oh, if I look pretty on social media, that is, I have no idea. 
I have no idea why my uh why my Google app just went off um in the other room. <laughs> Literally just went off in the bathroom. That was weird. Um anyway, sorry about that. Uh <laughs> but um the uh if I look pretty on social media, it is it's not so much that it's a lie it is that there were 12 other photos and i chose the one where i didn't look like i was um um constipated or about to vomit um <laughs> so i i chose the one that wasn't like that where i like had a smile of some kind um managed to choose that one instead of the 12 other options yeah so this is one of the reasons why i quite like making videos is um because i don't know they're all like everything is lies everyone tries to look nice in everything mm -hmm. because you know we're we're vain creatures but it's like i i also like want people to see what my face looks like when i'm talking and yeah. to hear my voice and just to realize that i'm not a static image and, and there's something about that which is like, okay, this this feels, this is more me. This is how I gesticulate. This is how I move my hands. Um, and I want to get as far away from that Instagram model thing. And don't get me wrong, like, you know, I, I have definitely put up a picture where I think I look pretty because the sun was just at the right angle and it was all good. And, like, I am not immune to it. Far from it. Like, totally get it. But it's not necessarily fantastic for your sense of self if yeah. you become like your best moments, because then you're, you can never, you can't be that in real life. You know, your face does all kinds of stupid stuff because <laughs> it's a thing. <laughs> for sure. There's a reason I am not a screen actor. Um, and it is very specifically for that reason. I make weird faces. Um, as anybody who has ever been on a call while I am voice acting actively can tell, like I, Dear God, the faces that I make when I choose specific voices, they are usually not pretty. They are usually, <laughs> it's a very specific, specific face that I must make for the different voices, including this one. Yeah. <laughs> um, just making myself resemble an old witch, which is just a wild time anyway um what was weird is i could hear your face i was picturing you, you, so you had your eyes all kind of scrunched up and you were kind of talking yeah i can see i can picture it because i'm exactly <laughs> yeah right exactly like it's it's one of, that's one of the reasons i do like seeing video which is also very funny because i of course chose a medium to record this without video um <laughs> But I chose Zencaster because it was practical. Um, yeah. Not because, <laughs> not for vanity reasons. I just chose it because it's it's a it's a app that functions. Um, but no, like that. Um... Oh, also, I was watching. Um, I think I was watching one of the videos. I forgot which video I was watching. Um, looking back, but I was watching a watching the video um, a video you posted because. Um, earlier because when i um when i do like draw these cards and attempt to make to make a connection to another human being um and so that the cards will hopefully be relevant to them i try to find something that they've done where i can see them um and in that and get it when i do that i feel like i get a a, a bigger picture of what that person is like and what they're doing and and uh yeah and it helps forge that connection even if it is across the atlantic ocean 
um, find it works usually fairly well. Um, insofar as most of the readings have made sense and haven't been completely inaccurate. Um, <laughs> so there's that. Um, though, speaking of that, the future card, you know, there are two cards left. The future card is one of them. Um, the future card is looking pretty good. Looking pretty positive. Yay! That seems great. Um, yeah, it's the Eight of Pentacles, which uh, represents craftsmanship. Um, yeah, so craftsmanship um, and skill. So, <clears throat> and it specifically has a spider on it. Oh, oh shit, I also should have checked. Um, you're not afraid of spiders, are no, you? No, no, not at all. Oh, Don't worry. Fabulous. Okay, I have a friend who's like... <laughs> Who's very, very, very afraid of spiders. And um, I haven't done a reading for her specifically because I know that um, in that in this deck, there are several cards that just have spiders on them. And I don't want to do that to her. Uh, so, so, Christine, if you are listening to this, that is the reason I haven't done a reading for you. I just don't want to hurt you. That's why I might choose a different deck to do that with. Um, anyway. Uh, but yeah, so this is um, this is about um, being a master of being a master of what you're doing and sort of finding that level of mastery at what you do in a way that um, in a way that's meaningful to you. Um, it's uh, it focuses also on not so much reaching a final level of mastery. Which also I would argue, venture to argue just doesn't actually exist. Their mastery of pretty much anything is not fully a thing that one can do. But like getting to the point where you feel confident in what you're doing is is what I would define as mastery. But there's also always room to build. Um, and one of the ways in which we can do that is by starting something and starting a new thing within that thing and continuing to do that as time goes on. Um, and that's what this card is saying to do, which is pretty cool. Awesome. Well, that, that's, that sounds good. That sounds like what I want. Um, right. I, I definitely feel like I'm getting to the stage where when I talk on other people's podcasts or if I'm invited to write an article or something, I can now say I'm a queer historian without feeling like some like I have to justify it or yeah. like someone's going to like say no you're not or like you're you're a fraud um because I feel like I've done enough work now that like I think I'm respected like relatively in my field despite being the stupid merman dude who flexes a lot I think like despite <laughs> that I'm still like do people do listen to what I say so yeah that's really cool as a person who who frequently listens to what you have to say, we do listen, and the flexing also does absolutely. Help. Yes, um, <laughs> both of these things are quite lovely. Um, but yeah, no, that I completely understand that. I very frequently, um, when I am, especially in especially in podcasting, like kind of lately, I have felt a lot of um, a lot of that feeling of. I know how to do this. I've been doing this now for um, 
shit, it's been three years, I think. I've been editing audio now also for three years. I think I have figured it out. The extent to which I am going to edit audio varies from project to project, but like, um, I think I've figured out now how to do it. And I, similarly with acting, like I've, I've reached that point as well in the last few years. So totally can, can recognize that. It's, it's nice to feel that level of, aha, yes. Yeah. I, have, I have reached that point where they can't tell me I don't belong here. Hell yeah. it's, it's that imposter complex. Of, to be honest, nobody is probably ready to tell you you can't belong. It's you that tells you that you can't belong or you're not there yet. Exactly. Uh, fighting that internal voice. God damn it. Mm-hmm. That, that voice. That voice, uh, in the words of, uh, of Samuel L. Jackson... That voice is a motherfucker. Uh, that is a that is a pain in the ass voice that I that we frequently have to deal with. Um, and I find one of the things that, um, well, at least in my experience of um, having of um, of being a person with a with ADHD, um, that having. <laughs> Having that voice be a voice that exists, um, it just it it's a strong one. It's a strong voice that makes itself heard very quickly, um, and often. Uh, which yeah, so feeling that you can conquer that voice, that's uh is pretty special and pretty good. Awesome. Yeah. So there's one more card, and this is actually from a a different deck. Um, it's a sort of companion deck to the one that we've been using. Uh, the deck that this um, that we've been using is called the Wild Unknown, um, and this one here is called the Wild Unknown Animal Spirit. Um, it just has little has animals in it that uh, act as sort of companions to, um, well, not the animals themselves are. Um, hmm, I guess all have different meanings based on one the type of animal. Um, the element attached to the animal, and also the temperament of a lot of these animals, um, which I I mentioned that because the the one that this one gave you is uh, mm-hmm. I'm laughing because it sounds like you're about to show me a slug or like a maggot or something. No, no, it's Ooh. it's a little more majestic than that, but it is a, uh, a camel. <laughs> um, Love it. it is a camel. <laughs> Tell me more. I think the only thing that would have been funnier to me, um, other than being a camel, is if it were a giraffe. Um, for the simple reason of you are a very tall human being, <laughs> which I have made it a point to not necessarily bring that up this entire time. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but that is a thing that is true. Um, but it picked an animal that is, um, as far as like. I don't know. Actually, as far as I'm concerned, um, I think camels are pretty awesome. Uh, so there is that. I, I don't think about them super frequently. Um, I'm more apt to think about a llama, um, which I think I think they're in the same family as camels. I could be wrong. They are. They're both they are. dromedaries. They're both the same order. Sorry, ex-biological anthropologist here. So big fat nerd oh. when it comes to animals. <laughs> Nice. Yes. Mm. Oh, that makes me happy to hear. I um one of my uh one of my dear friends who honestly might listen to this. I have no idea. Um 
hey, Dane, if you're listening to this, you should probably text me. Just generally do so. Uh, but anyway, um, he's uh, going to school to be a, uh, to, um, to work with animals and things of that nature. Um, so he'll appreciate He'll appreciate that especially, but I also very much appreciate that that clarification. Thank you. Um, but uh, I I I don't think about the camel specifically very frequently. But when I do think about it, I actually these terms that sort of come up with it um, on this thing make a lot of sense. Uh, the three sort of words on the subheader are resourceful, independent, and knows oneself. Hmm which are pretty good. Um, I'll read the actual description on here just because I, I feel like it has a lot of nuggets of, of nice things to it. Um, <laughs> but the cat... Sorry. Wow. Ooh, words. My like whole entire face just for some reason stopped <laughs> like, when I started to say that. Um, All righty. The camel can handle absolutely anything as it carries a wealth of nourishment within. This wondrous creature is self-reliant and handles challenge with ease. Even in the face of <clears throat> excess heat, uh, judgment or anger is in, uh, is in parentheses there. Um, the camel searches inside for the cool elixir of water to calm the situation. The camel represents the ultimate form of bringing opposites into balance, fire and water, um, and being responsible for one's own reactions. The camel is a wonderful traveler and is especially fond of trips to faraway lands. All true. I, I hope so, anyway. That's that's kind of how I want to see myself. I'm, I like the fire and water combination because I've always... I guess I've always seen, I wanted to see that in myself. So a sense of I am passionate, I am quite emotional, I am quite fiery, but I'm always told by people that I'm quite calm and calming. And mm. I, I don't have much of a temper. Mm. The, like it, it really takes a lot for me to, 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 to actually be, be mad. So cool and like, cool and warm yeah i'd like that um, yeah for sure and i think i've i've had um so yeah talk going back to the beginning of this year i've had you know the beginning of the year the year was the first, worst time of my entire life you know, the, i've had the worst days of my life have been in mm -hmm. this year and uh hey i'm doing pretty good so yeah that's nice for sure yeah and I think, um, I think the, the general, um, well, hmm, okay. So there are a couple like smaller things on this that are, um, just of interest. Um, so it says when in balance, <laughs> when in balance, calm, content, and there's a sparkle in their eye. When out of balance, they're genuinely dehydrated, um, and <laughs> lacks vitality. So make sure you are drinking water um, but then, uh, it all says to bring into balance uh go on a pilgrimage um which i find that that is just well one general good advice if you find yourself like completely out of balance and are feeling in um i like 
I don't know. I this this on occasion happens to me where I just lose the complete access to the English language and I don't have an alternative. Um so I'm right now trying to think of the exact words that I intended on saying to get this idea across that just popped into my head and I don't have them. It's 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 a struggle. Give me one second as I attempt to figure out what those words are. Right, yeah, okay. So the thing that I was thinking um, is that um, sort of that digging deep for um, that nourishment that is so necessary um, when one is out of balance, um, I think in this particular in this particular case, what it is saying is that um, even if you can't like necessarily look specifically within yourself to find that nourishment, um, you can go on a trip. And when you go on that trip, you will find that nourishment, um, that nourishment from either the new surroundings or um, just the new experience in and of itself. Yeah, I think sometimes when you are you know, it's really stuck on something or you are in a bad place, whether it's physically or metaphorically stepping away and going off and doing something else and exploring something else or exploring another facet of yourself, you come back to it and it's like, okay, I've now got what I need to get over this or to get through this. Mm-hmm. Definitely. It's a shame that I can't do many physical pilgrimages when I'm, <laughs> In yeah. My house. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, there is always um well, one of the things that I think just generally speaking, and obviously you would be familiar with these things, um, but one of the things I think that is truly amazing that has been happening are these virtual tours that are happening. Um like so feasibly, um, if I wanted to like I obviously can't go to an aquarium pretty much anywhere right now. Like I would have to go across the state. And honestly, that's a terrible idea uh, just generally uh, for me at this point um, to, if I wanted to go to an aquarium, but a lot of like various aquariums are like just, well, I remember early on during the pandemic, like they were just letting the penguins run wild, which was the (laughs) cutest videos. Oh, Oh, the the cute penguins just running up and down stairs. Oh, just a bomb for the soul, truly. Um, but like, honestly, I could also just see them attaching a webcam to a penguin and just letting them run around an aquarium and having that be a joyous experience for people. Um, but yeah, like there are the all these little like virtual tour things that are options that are popping up which partially is great because it allows for places to stay open um and not uh completely disappear uh so i highly recommend to the listeners out there if you can do them you should um but even in doing those you are still having an amazing experience Mm. um i also kind of recently um i guess it was in the last few weeks um I got to like ride a roller coaster in Japan <laughs> via Zoom. That That's was incredible. Cool. Like that was incredible because I am a I'm a person who can't uh, ride roller coasters without um having a heart attack. Uh so 
Um, <laughs> I rather like being able to go on that experience, even if it's virtually, and still see all of these really awesome things that are just happening. And these are actual places that do exist. But currently, the reason we're seeing them is because of a camera. And that's still so cool. There's still an experience that's happening there. It's just so great. Um, so yeah, I recommend those, everybody. I recommend going on those experiences and having that time. Um, because that is an excursion that can happen even during even during COVID-19. Yeah. I mean, going on the virtual pil- pilgrimages. Yeah, it's it's kind of one of the reasons why I started to do the museum from home videos is that I can, you know, tra- like by making those videos, it's like I'm traveling. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, obviously today I actually went into a park and I found a mermaid fountain and then researched the story behind it. Um, but most of the time it's just, you know, okay, I'm going to go on a virtual tour. I'm going to look at museums of Egyptian collections uh, around the world and I'm going to do a piece about bird mummies, you know, ibises. Um, and that way I've spent my morning over my breakfast kind of traveling through the internet and learning something new and then sharing it. And and that feels that feels good to me. It's a nice thing for me to do. It feels nice. I can imagine. Oh, yeah. Like now is a time where I think we are actually seeing well also yes we are experiencing social media which is a little bit of a hailscape a little a lot of a hailscape um we are also like seeing the actual benefit of the internet that we didn't have before in the fact that we can have those experiences we can now use the internet to like to literally explore countries like just full countries which is so cool that is that's the thing that the internet was made for it it, the internet well okay well let's be real the internet was probably made for porn but um (laughs) it was also i think this was the other intent was like eventually we'll get to a place where um where the world is actually open to a lot of people not everybody still we're working on that but to a lot of people which is pretty great and i think in some ways the pandemic has made that happen um, has mm-hmm. forced that to happen. Oh, for sure. Oh, God. The the benefit of not having to go into my office for a meeting? Oh, a game changer. A game changer insofar as I now actually attend staff meetings. Yeah. <laughs> it was next to impossible to get me to them on time because I I can never judge traffic correctly. Like, I'm exceptionally bad at that. And... I'm only 10 minutes away from my office. It shouldn't take me that long, but no, getting to the office and getting to those staff meetings is so difficult. But now I can just get to them easily and they're usually over faster because like we can share files and things in a meaningful way. And it's just, it's nice. It's nice to have that. Um, It's nice that, that even if it took like a, a terrible event that has cost a lot of lives to like bring that, um, to bring that thing that they've all that I know that we've also been talking about for a long time. Like we've all in some way, like I know I do tech for a nonprofit um, for my day job. And we like have been like, I personally have been just thinking, you know, it'll be in case we ever need to not all be in the same exact 
space while we're also all working on these things. Like if we don't need, like if, if we can have that set up so that like, oh no, the worst happens, but we can all still communicate. That's perfect. And I've been sort of a little bit ready for that for years. Um, it's a little sad how we had to be forced into that, but nonetheless, we were able to do that. We had the, we had all the things generally ready and prepared, yeah. which is pretty good. Um, so we're now utilizing a, our software in a meaningful way that I hope we continue to do even after everything opens back up officially. And we've like kicked coronavirus's ass finally. Um, <laughs> I, I just, <laughs> I literally did just picture, um, you know, the image of like the, um, the COVID-19 molecules. Um, I literally just pictured one of those like blown up like a, like a football um, and just us actually kicking it just, just off the planet. Just... I was just going to say, that's the most American thing you've said so far. I love that. <laughs> Americans, we're going to kick its ass. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I very, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that is a deeply American thing. But I mean, also, I don't know how else to describe what I hope happens to this disease um, once we get a vaccine. Like, I would like this vaccine to be eliminated. I guess that's a, ooh, that sounds sleeker, actually. <laughs> I would like this I would like this to be eliminated. Um, sounds fun. I like that one. Okay, I'll keep eliminated. Uh, but yeah, but I also said football correctly. Uh, specifically for uh, for y'all on the Thank opposite you. side of the pond. Yes, bless, bless I, your heart. <laughs> because it is a sphere. Um, coronavirus is famously a circle. Um, thus, to U.S. people, my current already existing listeners, listeners, I was referring to a soccer ball for y'all. <laughs> um, but no, a football. Yes, a football indeed. Um, you know. The one the that thing you that actually, with your feet. <laughs> exactly. My I, I, I can't defend um our <laughs> defend our country in that regard. I can't do it. I I never have been able to. Uh, no, football is yeah. Um, as a related note, one of my um favorite movies from when I was a kid um was which i think says a lot about me as a human being um was bend it like beckham um which i watch like every week uh, which is just quite lovely so i think about y'all over there across the pond rather a lot um just frequently but anyway that's why y'all were on my list of travel destinations for this year that didn't happen it's fine um anyway i think <laughs> with that being said um in case these lovely people have not uh, figured out by now that um, that they can find you in various places on the internet, uh, where can people um, where can people find you and find the amazing stuff that you're up to? Um, so you can find me on Twitter, which I spend far too much of my waking life on, um, and that is at Sasha Downspace Coward. Now, just to be complicated, my name is spelled S A C H A even though it is said Sasha. So S-A-C-H-A, downspace, coward, which is like the cowardly lion. Uh, and then if you search sashacoward.com, that's my website. If you want to work with me or design an escape room or do a project, you can drop me an email through my website. Yes, and please, please, people, um, follow 
De- definitely follow Sasha on Twitter uh, for just the sheer joy of it. Um, because honestly, it's it just, uh, I will say truly has been a delight, has been Aww. an absolute delight following you. I I find, um, find your post to uh, make me generally speaking, feel better. Um, there is a, oh, wow. Oh, that was, ooh. I literally just pulled up the page and there's a, a thing that's going through all of the different, um, the a video that you read oh my God. all the different um logos wow. it's so cool sorry i know exactly because i'm looking at it too for the people who are listening to this and they're like what are they looking at <laughs> i'll copy the link i'll i'll make sure to to add it to, <laughs> to add it to the show notes i'll do that um but yeah there's a yeah follow those also um follow the videos um the video like m- most of the recent ones have captions too for for my listeners that may need that. So yeah. go check those out. Um, also, I literally just noticed that they that the little logo is up in the top corner that has the captions on them. I mean, typically, I'm that's not where I'm looking. Uh, you know, I'm not looking up in the in the top corner at, during these videos. <laughs> that's just not how that goes. Um, but no, looking at um, look at that. Oh, that's nice. Glad that that's there. Now that I know that that software exists, there might be captions on things now that I do. Yay. Um, but anyway, uh, so yeah, this is, uh, this has been super great to have you on. Thank you so much for, um, for taking the time to come on. I know it's late for you, um, at the moment and I've held you later than, uh, that I initially said I was going to, which I apologize for, but this has been a delightful conversation. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you, JV. And uh, thanks for doing my cards as well. I really enjoyed that. Yay. Anytime. Um, And dear listeners, uh, be well. Do as much good work as you possibly can. Again, while also acknowledging that, yes, this is a wild ass time. Um, But take moments to celebrate. And of course, stay safe out there, y'all. And uh Turn up to poor unfortunate souls. There we go. That's the, that is the, I haven't done that in a few episodes, but that's um, turn up to poor unfortunate souls, which I might have as outro music for today. Who knows? Anyway, uh, talk to y'all later, listeners. Bye.